Blog Talk Radio. Choices, decisions, frustrations, and pain. Knowing I'm going to forget her someday. While I still can, I'll challenge all my loved ones, every friend, to look inside their hearts and understand that I. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I don't know where you are, but in Minnesota, it is a hot, hot one. The humidity level is horrible, and we are just all thrilled to death the air conditioning is working. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, founder of Alzheimer's Speaks Resource website, blog, and radio, along with the Shifting Your Dementia Care Culture webinar series. Here at Alzheimer's Speaks, we believe in giving voice to those afflicted with memory loss and their care partners, empowering them all to live purpose-filled lives. Our goal is to raise awareness, give hope, and share the real, everyday life stories of living with dementia. Our hope is to teach people how to live with the disease, not as the disease. I'm very excited today because we've got our channel expert who has early-onset Alzheimer's disease, Rick Phelps, with us. And Rick is just full of wonderful knowledge and insights. How are you doing today, Rick? I'm doing good, Lori. I'm glad to be on your show today. Well, good. I'm going to let you give a little blurb for um, Memory People, since you're the founder of that. So if you want to tell people a little bit about Memory People, I think that would be great to hear that in your voice instead of mine. Okay. Uh, Memory People was started uh, back in a year ago, November. I... uh, I started from my our dining room table. I I decided we needed or I needed some course of revenue where where I could get instantaneous answers to my questions. I went on a few other Alzheimer's sites, and uh, it would be a half a day, maybe a day, maybe two days before I get an answer. And by then, I didn't even know what the question was. And uh, Facebook is instantaneous. Um, Memory people who started then, we have now, we're pushing 2,000 members worldwide. It is a closed group, and that means that anything that's posted on memory people stays there. No one else can see it unless you are a member. We are a support group and an awareness group, which is a little different from other sites. Uh, a lot of other message board sites talk about cures and concoctions and things like that. We tend to stay on the topic of support and awareness of the disease because there's so many people out there that need support, that need that daily support. You know, they're falling apart, it seems, be it a caregiver or patient. And uh, it's just worked out wonderful. Uh, we have many spinoff sites. You probably know more of them than I do. Uh, I think we have a dozen now, but they all, uh, everyone enjoys them. It, it's just it's just been phenomenal the uh the uh care and support that we're giving out to people all over the world we have people in in the united kingdom and australia and england england of course and canada and 
I couldn't I couldn't be more pleased the way uh, things have ha- turned out with memory people. Yeah, it's pretty exciting um the the numbers of people and the growth that you've had and and the interaction um and one of the things again that is so nice is you know you can hop online 24/7 and there's somebody in the world who's awake and on memory people and wanting to talk with you. So um, it's, it is very neat. And the groups that you have are anything from um, you've got the prayer chain to recipe swaps, you play games. Um, you know, there's just so many neat, neat things. And you have a wonderful newsletter that, that comes out um, that Leanne does. And uh, it's just a, it's a great place to meet people and interact. It's also for people with um, early memory loss as well as their family caregivers um, and professional care partners as well as just people who want to learn more. And given that it's a closed group, it's really a nice, safe place to be. So um, kudos for developing that. It was something that was greatly, greatly needed. I also want to um, mention on Alzheimer's Speaks Radio here, you can join the conversation, and there's two different ways to do it. One, if you're listening by your Internet and you um, logged in that way, if you logged in via Facebook, you can communicate with us through the chat box. The other way you can listen is to call in to our number, which is 714-364-4757. I'm going to tell you there's a little problem with the line, so I just saw someone managed to get through, so that's good. I don't know if it's with the storms or whatever, but they were. They've, I've never had a problem um, with circuits before, and and all of a sudden there's a, there's an issue there. But Rick got through, and I see someone else is there, so we'll just kind of play it by ear. If you want to ask a question, if you call into that number again, seven one four three six four four seven five seven, you have to push one to get into my queue. Now, we are having a little difficulty because the guest that I um, had planned for today has not been able to get through to the line, and I have not been able to reach him by other modes. So Rick and I are going to go forward with the show, but we may not be talking about hospice right away. Um, we'll see if Chris Morrison is able to get on um, the line. I know that they're they're working with it um, through the through the technical difficulties, life in the big city, I guess, or the small town, it doesn't make much difference when it comes to technology. Uh, when you're it, you're it, aren't you, Rick? <laughs> I'll say, but you know, Lori, that's a good topic to cover because we uh, here in Ohio, where I live, we're about 70 miles east of Columbus, and uh, we was without power for three days. Now, to most people, that's an inconvenience, but to me, that was sheer nightmare, um, uh, terror, whatever you want to call it. Uh, as you very well know, when a person has dementia or EOAD or Alzheimer's or whatever, everything is about routine, routine, routine. And there is no routine when you don't have electricity. Everything is is in chaos, and uh, it's not the end of the world, but to me, it was. I don't think... I don't know how I could have went another day. Um, I would have had to, I guess, but it's just, uh, it, it was just, it's something to keep in mind as a caregiver or family member that if you have uh, power loss or water loss or anything like that, it, it, it would behoove you to get that patient to another uh, residence or, or do, a generator or something because, uh, you know, what's an inconvenience to uh 
most people is is like I said, it was it was just horrible. Um, I mean, I sat here. Phyllis worked. She had to work all day Saturday in EMS, and uh, it was just. I must have flipped the lights on and off 150 times, and a lot of times I couldn't figure out why they wasn't coming on. It was just, and it was my mind, you know, the stress taken over, and uh, it just wasn't good. So I, 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 we talked about that on Memory People for a couple of days. Uh, of course, I wasn't involved because I didn't have any electricity, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it is. Uh, it's a hard thing to get through when uh when you when you lose power like that it's uh i we've we've lost power before, but this time was just i suppose maybe I'm progressing a bit and and things like that are just being more stressful maybe perhaps but it was uh it was indeed uh you know the routine was just gone yep i, I didn't yep. have i i don't know everything was messed up so it's very important i think to and we couldn't go anywhere because the whole county was out. You know, it ain't like we could go to my, I don't know, whatever, sister's house or something because nobody had power. It was just everything. that We had a 85-mile-an-hour winds, and in Ohio, we just don't get that, and it just took everything down. So we got we got power, I think it was Sunday night, maybe, and uh, boy, oh, boy, I was, I, was, I was happy as a fat kid with cake. <laughs> Well, that it's it's so inconvenient as it is, and I don't know what, you know, the temperature and stuff was there for you guys. But I mean, right now, I mean, we're going to be pushing a hundred um, all this week here in Minnesota, and the humidity. Thank God it it stormed a little bit last night because it, it alleviated a little bit of it. But if we were without power, you know, add that into the the caboodle, and you know, then you're so uncomfortable. As well, so I think that that's really very, very wise, you know, to have a backup plan, and that's that's something we don't think about typically until it happens. Um, but very, very important um, for people to consider um, some type of backup plan, because, um, like you said, those routines are so critical um, to keep things going smoothly for you. So, Rick, why don't we have a conversation about a new venture that we are um, working on rolling out. Um, Rick and I are really excited about this. It's called Dementia Chats, and um, it's going to be myself interviewing um, people who have um, dementia, and Rick Phelps um, from Memory People, who is on our show today, along with Harry Urban, um, are going to be kind of our, our two keynoters there that are going to give us insights as to the disease and um, what it's really like. And, Rick, why do you think that this is going to be an important platform for people? Oh, it, I, I, I know it is because I've done this in, in a different way before. I do the Skype support group meetings, and what this is going to do, it's going to open the door for healthcare workers family members or whatever that wants the opportunity to actually speak to and ask questions to a patient. Some questions that uh, maybe are too personal or they just don't want to ask their their family member. And uh, what me and Harry can do, hopefully, is uh, enlighten them and tell uh, the listeners or the people on webinar exactly what we go through um, we stress all the time that just because uh, something that I deal with, my symptoms may not be what your mother or father or whoever may be going through. But um, Harry um, 
is probably in a different stage, if you want to say stage, than I am. So it gives the it gives the people uh, a different perspective from an outlook. Just like he he uh, he can deal. He has ways of dealing with sundowners. I haven't I haven't been that lucky yet. <laughs> I still deal with that all the time. I haven't found anything to relieve that, but I, mean, I still try different things. So uh, when I say stages, I don't. You know how the Alzheimer's Association? I think it's one through eight or something. I don't. I don't really refer to them much because I don't give them much credence because I could be in stage two now and be in stage four by this evening. It's just uh, when people say their their loved one is in stage four or five, they really don't realize that, with me anyway, you know, nothing's constant. It's just not. I have really, really bad days, and then I have some days that are relatively good. But back to your uh, question, it's, it's going to bring awareness about this disease, and, and uh, we're going to be able to uh, tell people in real time, you know, yeah. what we uh, what we are experiencing. It's just going to be uh, great. Yeah, what we're doing is we're we're going to do this in a webinar platform, and so basically you'll be able to just click a link and get into the webinar platform, and initially. What we're going to do is just communicate um, or have you communicate with us through the chat box because that's what people are really familiar with. And then as we go over time, we'll open it up so people can actually join us via webcam um, and or microphone. And that way um, we'll have a little bit more live interaction. But it will be in a webinar platform, and we will record these, and they're going to all be free. And um, we're just so excited about this because we really need to break the stigma, remove the fear, and and get people talking about this disease openly and honestly in terms of how is it affecting them, what questions do they have. And so, um, like I said, you'll be seeing some information coming out on that very shortly, um, probably by next week. And... um, so it'll be it'll be I think it'll be just a lot of fun too. I I always enjoy my conversations because I always learn something um, through these conversations. So it's very it's very important for us to all stay connected and um, and learn from one another and share what works and what doesn't. Because Rick, as you said earlier, you know you don't really identify with a a stage. And I never have done that with my mom either because I really think this disease ebbs and flows and it changes constantly. And so I don't I don't like talking clinical talk. I like to just talk about how to live with the disease and what techniques and things can we do to manage it. And um I, I find anyways for my my situation with my mother and others that I've worked with that really works nicely, and it doesn't pigeonhole anybody, um, and it doesn't make people um, lose hope, I think, as much as when you feel there's this progression. Because, you know, with my mom, she's in her end stages. She shouldn't be communicating at all, and she still does. She's been in her end stages for four years. It's different, but she still communicates with us. And... Um, and, you know, and that gives me hope, and that just lightens my heart, and um, to feel that connection. And I think it does the same for her, as well. And so I think it's an important um, factor to consider 
if you are dealing with this disease, definitely. Definitely. I think uh, knowing about the stages is very important, but to categorize, just like you said, to categorize one as in stage five or six or seven or whatever is is a disservice because, like you said, um, it's ebb and tide because uh, I have good days and bad days. Everyone does with this disease. Mm-hmm. Now, as this, as the disease progresses, obviously, you know, um, it's like any other disease. I've, I've talked about this before with you. Um, this webinar is going to be so great because uh, Alzheimer's and dementia has a stigma like cancer did in the 60s where, you know, the doctor wouldn't even mention the word, you know. And that's sort of like Alzheimer's is now. I've, my my general practitioner has never even said the word Alzheimer's to me. Now, my other neurologists have many times, my other three neurologists, but that's just how the stigma is. He doesn't want to, um, uh, I don't know, he just doesn't, We've known him for 30 years. He's he's just like a friend to us, and and he he has a hard time dealing with thinking me at when I was diagnosed at 57 that that I could even possibly have Alzheimer's. But uh, it's not his specialty, and he understands I have a cognitive problem. But to say it's Alzheimer's is just too hard or too much for him to do. So he just doesn't do that, <laughs> which is yeah. okay. You know, I mean, yep. that's that's okay, but. That goes, as you well know, with this disease. It's a denial thing. You, you, there's so many people that's in denial with it, caregivers and patients alike, and, and it's. I think that's one of the biggest problems with Alzheimer's is the denial. Um, nobody knows you better than yourself. And I knew, I knew four years before I was diagnosed, I had a problem, but nobody listened. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's that's a. You know, that's four years that I wasn't on medication that I could have been on. So I don't blame anybody for that. It's just that trying to get people to listen and understand. It's not yeah. like you said, losing your car keys or what do they say? It's not like losing your car keys. It's like having your car keys in your hand and not to, not know what to do with them. Yep, yep, definitely. See, Rick, it looks like we've got a caller on the line, so let me pull them in. We've got somebody from a 253 number. So... Welcome to the show, number 253 area code, and who is on the line? Hi, Lori. It's Leanne calling from Bonnie Lake, Washington. Oh, hi, Leanne. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. Did you have a question or a comment? Well, I just wanted to um, really kind of agree with what Rick is saying and what you're both talking about as far as the, the stigma and the denial um, with the disease, I think um, for our family, we've seen that um, at different points. It's like um, what I feel, at least for myself, is I tend to get to you know where my mother-in-law is at now. Um, she was diagnosed about two years ago with Alzheimer's, and so we get to the point I do where I've accepted okay where she's at now, but then things change. Um, mm-hmm. There's always a new. Um, well, there's always progression, and there's another loss of something or an ability or a comprehension. And then for me, I have to take another step into acceptance of that. And and I find that it's it's a journey for our loved ones, and it is for, for us, for a caregiver also. Um, and and it's so important, I think, to, uh, like Rick was saying, to keep, keep your eyes open and to 
accept every step of the way so that you can walk with them the best that you can. So, Very good point. Very good point. Um, you know, it's just... Uh, you know, we've got a. It's just one of those coping skills. Yes. And and I think I think it's a really important coping skill. You know, to look at and to to hold on to, um, because so many times it's it's overlooked and we can get so overwhelmed, and uh, you know that's just that's just not the spot that we wanna that we wanna be at. That's for sure. So, right. how is how is your mother-in-law doing? Well, you know, she's. Um progressing it's just it's an amazing disease um you know for me it's like it's like a magic trick that's why i think the webinars um that you guys were talking about will be such a wonderful thing because when i talk to rick or i talk to harry or somebody who is um earlier or has early onset uh at first you know talking to them everything you don't think there's any problem at all um mm-hmm. they're they're conversing and and you know Rick and I talk quite often about memory people's stuff and everything um and it, it just doesn't appear that there's anything wrong, so my eyes are seeing one thing, my mind is telling me I know there's something wrong, and then there's the third part that has to come into play to where you really let that go down to your heart and and that's where the acceptance is i think and and really letting that um that understanding um affect you and so um that's that's really i think the the big thing with it and so she's you know it like that she's progressing um she's much farther along into it than um rick or harry um but the amazing thing is she has moments where she seems to literally like the light bulb comes on and we have a 15 or 20 minute conversation and it could be 10 years ago and she is just right with me and really conversing back and forth. And so that's, those are just moments that we, I mean, you just treasure. You just hold on to those. That helps you get through the the darker days, you know, when she seems very distant. So. Exactly, exactly. Well, and Leanne is going to be part of our dementia chats, too. So she'll be joining the conversation, plus I call her the wizard behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to help, help us with technical things in the background um, while... Um, Rick and Harry and I uh, chat live um, if, if anybody is having any difficulties and stuff. So yeah, it's going to be some. It's going to be an exciting, exciting thing uh, coming up. Um, so I hope that uh, our listeners will be able to join us. If not live, again, you'll be able to listen to um, the broadcast um, basically any time. It'll be similar to the radio show where you can just click on the archive and go ahead and listen to the conversation, which will be which will be very nice. Um, Rick, I'd also like to talk to you a little bit more about your book. Um, since Chris hasn't been able to join us yet, um, I know the lines have opened up. So also, if other listeners out there have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Just call 714-364-4757. Again, that's 714-364-4757. And push one, and we'll pull you into the conversation. So, Rick, what kind of feedback have you been getting from your book? Well, before we uh, tackle that, while Leanne was still on the line, I wanted to uh, say a couple things about what this woman does for memory people. She is truly the nuts and bolts that keeps memory people running. Uh, we have, I think, right now we have 15 administrators 
that watch over all the different sites that we have, pages and things. But uh, Leanne takes it to another step. She she watches over everything and everybody. Um, She answers everyone's questions. Um, She has taken care of all my interviews, uh, the radio stations that I do, just like yours. Uh, She called and she texted me this morning. Said Lori's got a radio station, you know, today, and I, see, I wouldn't have, I, I just can't remember things like that, mm-hmm. and and that's things she does daily for me. And uh, if it wasn't for her, and of course Phil's June, but if it wasn't for the things that she does, I mean, she was instrumental in the in the making of the book, the getting through that, and uh, just 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 everything. It, it, I remember a long time ago when Leanne first came on to Memory People. It was it was tough for her because of her mother-in-law and this and that and the other. And she told me, she said, Rick, I, I really don't think I can do this. It's just too much for me. And I said, well, you know, it is a hard thing to cope with, you know. But uh, she had a, uh, a Jesus moment, I think, or something. And, and I'm telling you, she has grabbed hold of this uh, support thing and awareness and as a caregiver for her mother-in-law, and, and she's one of the best. I, I just... Thanking her is never enough, if you know what I mean. She just uh, she is a go-to person, and uh, we just thank the world and all her and Lewis, her husband, for what they've done for us and uh, and memory people. I mean, everyone on memory people is is just as important. There's nobody, no one person any more important than anyone. But uh, she certainly does keep uh, keep things keep things going for me, and I I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, you do do an absolutely phenomenal job at uh, keeping keeping things organized and on top and, and really welcoming people. Um, the, the whole, I think, admit in the group at large is, um, is so, I don't know, they're just so compassionate. And um, it, it's really nice to see from a... From a happy birthday to a to a welcome aboard to um, you know if somebody's struggling with something or just needs a good laugh I mean there's just there's a shoulder to cry on and there's someone to giggle with um, it's it's really quite nice or to have a serious conversation um, right, in terms right. of processing oh, this. when someone comes to memory people for the first time you know they don't know anyone uh, they're in a new group it's Facebook and they're like I don't know. <laughs> But, you know, we wrap our arms around them literally and tell them they have come home because this is the place that you need to be for support and awareness. Uh, you can vent here. You can, you can. The only thing we don't want people doing is talking about medications and, and things like that because everybody's on an array of different medications and, and to uh, get into things like that is, is what your doctor needs to do. But other than that, uh, we we cover so many topics and and uh, but anyway, I just wanted to say that. So uh, back to the book. If you had a question, I guess. Yeah, I was just wondering what kind of response you've been getting from people. Oh, it's been amazing. I couldn't I couldn't be happier. Um, it was a long, difficult road. I think it was about six months that it took to uh, get this book done. It was uh, about a year and a half ago. It was a dream of mine, and, and I knew it had. we had to do it. I just had to do it. And I'm so glad that Gary LeBlanc jumped on board when he did. Um, his book, uh, Staying Afloat in a Sea of Forgetfulness, had just come out, and he was busy you know, uh, promoting it, and he told me it was going to be until January until he could actually help me with this. And I just said, well, that's, 
I can't wait till January. You know, I've mm-hmm. I've, I've got to go. You know, and he called me back in about a week, and, and he uh, he said he'd be more than happy to. So together, I think I sent him over maybe three or four hundred hours worth of recordings, and uh, it was difficult. But I'm glad. Like I said, I'm glad we did it when we did, because I know today I couldn't I couldn't get through something like that. It was just too much going back and reliving what things that occurred and things like that. It's it, it it's an easy read book, but uh, it is about Alzheimer's, so there is a dark side to it, but there's also a lighter side because there is happy moments and funny moments with this disease. You have to, uh, I don't know, I mean, you never make fun of it, of course, but you have to, uh, you have to keep, a lighter side because it, like anything else it would just drive you crazy very true very true say rick it looks like we've got a caller on the line so i'm going to give us a little um break here and um we'll see what they have to say we've got a caller from a 603 number so um six six zero three you are live on the air and um do you have a question or a comment we can help you with Oh, hi, Lori. Hi, Rick. This is Cheryl from New Hampshire. Well, hi, Cheryl. How are you today? Hello, Cheryl. I'm doing well. How about you? Good, 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 good. So glad you could join yeah. us. Yeah, you sound good today, Rick. Sounds like a good day, buddy. It is. It is. Thank you, Cheryl. Um, Rick, I have a question for you. I know you okay. said the book was really hard to do. I can just imagine. But do you see yourself possibly getting involved in writing another book once Sam arrives in your home? Well, you know, that's been brought up to me many, <laughs> many times. I I suppose that's going to have to be done. Um, I, uh, I don't mean it's going to have to be done. It's something like it's not going to be a chore or a job. But um, Sam, as you know, Lori, is, is a dementia dog that, that I – we were so blessed in being able to uh, get here in September. And uh, as with everything else, people wrap their arms around him. We have it, He has his own page. I think he gets more comments than I do anymore. But <laughs> but anyway, back to your question, Cheryl. I've, I've really thought about that. And uh, it would – I think maybe we could come up with something, but it would be a uh, a different book, of course, and, and a – and a smaller, maybe a smaller version, and I would have to wait probably several months after I got Sam because this will be a new experience, obviously. Right. And uh, couldn't be done right away, so um, we just have to see what comes. But then again, um, that can maybe between Leanne and Phyllis June, they could put their heads together too. So we thought about it, and it, it, it just may happen. Yeah, I can I can see um a book with um with Sam as being another I don't what do I want to say? Another learning tool. Oh exactly. Oh, no, Rick, you do know you what have I mean? Sam already? Or Sam on no, uh, being trained still? Yeah, he's he's he has to go through five intense uh levels of training. He was already trained, but he's gotta go through five different levels to become a service dog. He's in four now, and he should finish up that and then be into five and be finished about September. Uh, we're not locked into that, but that's what uh, Bob Taylor is called. Uh, uh, what's it called, Cheryl? Dog, dog Wish, yeah, Dog Wish. Dog Wish. It's a company. Yeah, and yeah, Sam and so, has 209 members. 
209 <laughs> members. See what I mean? Yes, well, yes. I, would, I would love to have him on the show. Um, not the dog. <laughs> I, know, I don't think he's trained that well to speak, but um, I would love to have uh, Dementia Wish on the on the show. I, I think that would be fascinating, and it would be really kind of a cool tie-in um, with you getting the dog. So maybe this fall we can we can look at doing well, that. Well, sure. I would, um, that would be great. I, I can tell you that uh, ABC uh, uh, Nightline or no Dateline has already contacted Bob, and they want to do a documentary on Sam, of course, <laughs> which uh-huh. is good because it's going to bring awareness. I, I'll tell you, Lori and Cheryl, you both know this. I didn't even know they had service dogs for dementia. I had no idea. I, I knew yeah, the blind either. may be handicapped, but I had no idea that they had service dogs for dementia. It was, I couldn't, I just didn't, and, and I know there's hundreds of thousands of other people out there that don't realize that. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we so. need to get the word out. So yeah. it's, it's more awareness, Rick. That's it, yeah. Yeah, it's it more awareness. Um, your, your post, your comment today on memory people made me kind of go backwards. Um, I don't know what you want to say, but down memory lane where it was just John Marie and you and I and Kathy Bostwick in that one little room, and that was it. It was just the four of us. I know. I know. That's how it started out, Lori. It was uh, it was me sitting at my kitchen table. and. Uh, <laughs> Cheryl, Cheryl and Donna Marie and uh, Kathy were in another uh, um, Alzheimer's uh, message board that I was involved with, but uh, I didn't post a whole lot because I couldn't figure it out. And I yeah. remember a hold of each one of them and saying, you know, do you want to join this new group? And they're like, well, yeah, yeah. what's it all about? <laughs> you said, put well, a post out there on, I believe it was Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. They said each one of them said, "Who? How many? Who's all in it?" And I said, "Well, counting you three, there'd be four. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was it was too funny. We thought you were kidding. It was, yeah. Well, and then, yeah, and then could you have, have ever dreamed that we're what seventy five, eighty members away from two thousand now? Yeah. Well, you know, Cheryl, to be honest with you, I've dreamed, I, I dream big, and I've dreamed of twenty thousand. <laughs> That's what I, I do. I. uh there's plenty of yeah. room for them, that's for sure. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we definitely, definitely we'll we'll get it boosted. And you know, I I'm in this process of uh, pulling together this new resource website, which I know I've been talking about way too long because it's taken much longer than I ever imagined. Um, but once that's on the site, I'll, you know, we'll definitely be able to promote you more. Um, because the goal of that site is is to be the first international um, resource directory for um, right. for dementia. So hopefully we'll be able to get people to to come to that site to get their questions answered, um, find the resources that they need, and um, and raise awareness about your group because it is such a powerful powerful group. Well, and there's whole there's a whole bunch of this disease go around. It's not it's not about uh, Rick Phelps or memory people or. Uh, what Norms is doing over in the United Kingdom or whoever, you know. We're all in this together and uh, bringing awareness. I mean, I, I don't see a cure in my lifetime, so my my job, along with the people and memory people, is to deal with what we have. That's all you can do and bringing awareness. So 
your when when you get your resource tied up, that I mean, we can work hand in hand, and that's what it's all about. You know, it's just going to be wonderful. Yep, I think so too. I think so too. Now, Leanne just posted uh, for people the URL, so that if people want to go ahead and join Sam's page, um, you can do that, and it's just Sam's Place is is the name of the page. It looks like here. And uh, but it's if you're on the internet listening, it is in the chat box. There's a direct link. Um, but if you're just going to go to Facebook, just put in the search box where you can search for people, places, and things. Put in Sam's Place. And that's S A M apostrophe S, and then Place, and you'll be able to go ahead and um, and join his join join Sam's group. So I think that's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, and they can they can do the same thing if they want to join Memory People. Mhm. Yep. And Leanne's got a link for that as well. Yep. One so. thing I might throw out there that uh, of course Memory People is a closed group. When I believe uh, Sam, I could be wrong, but I think Sam's Place is an open group. But I'm not sure about that. I just want to throw that out there. But what we've done there on his page is. Uh, Bob, the uh, Bob Taylor, the trainer, he posts a lot of uh, pictures on there of his training and 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 different levels and how he goes about that, and it's very interesting. And then, of course, everybody just <laughs> well, you just have to go there to see it. It's 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 a real good page, and and people get a lot of uh, a lot of humor out of it, and that's what's needed. Mm-hmm. Well, Sam has a whole big family that he doesn't even know about yet. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's probably a good sounds, thing we're on the internet. According because, to what Bob has has posted on there, it sounds like Sam has a whole lot of love that he can give to everybody. Lori, if you got a minute, I'd like to tell you how that came about, if you want. Oh, sure, because Chris hasn't called in and I haven't been able to reach him, so let's just continue the chat and raise awareness. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll tell you how this happened. Uh, someone, and of course I can't remember, but someone on Memory People had posted that they would like to get a dementia doll for their dad. And I read that, and I thought, well, what in the world is that all about? Of course, like I said, I didn't even know they had dementia dogs. never even heard of it for uh, as, as uh, service dogs. So I hop on the Internet, and I do some uh, surfing, and I found this place. It was called Dogwish. And uh, the site was professionally done, and, and he was an ex-law enforcement officer, LAPD. He uh, trained dogs for LAPD, and... Well, all over the world, he's trained over 100,000 dogs in his career. So I thought, well, this has got to be the guy. And I don't do well on the phone, but I thought, well, I need to call him. So I called him, and we talked for maybe a half hour. He explained the, the uh, program to me, and he said that they have, uh, um, I forget the word, but, but there's ways of funding, different types of funding to get the get the dog. And they do dogs for all autism. All autism and, and handicapped children and blind and also dementia and several other uh, service dogs. So uh, I told him, I said, well, thanks for your information, and, you know, and we hung up. And I'd never even discussed this with Phil's Jim. Never even mentioned it because it was just like a fluke. Somebody asked about it. I talked to this guy, so I took his website and I posted it on Memory People. Well, I took our dogs for a walk. It was on Saturday. I'll never forget it, I hope. And uh, when I got back, uh, he had called my cell phone. I left his home twice. And I thought, oh, this is great. He's going he's gonna to give me the deal of the day or something, you know. So 
I indeed called him back. I, I was apprehensive, but I did. And, and he said, Rick, uh, I've been trying to get a hold of you. And I said, yeah, I've seen that. And he said, uh, well, I need to know, is is, Phyllis, is your wife on board with this? And I said, no. <laughs> and he's like, what do you mean? I said, well, Bob, I haven't mentioned it to her. And I said, I'll be honest with you, it's a financial thing. I haven't worked for two years. Uh, the last thing in the world we can afford to do is go out and spend a few thousand dollars on a, on a dog. It, it's just... It's just not feasible. And I said, that's 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 it. And he said, well, that's been taken care of. And I'm like, really? How's that? And he said, well, there's been an anonymous donor that's taken care of the price of the dog and the price of my training and the flying the dog back to you in the hotel room. And I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. He said, no, I'm serious. And he said, the donor wants to remain anonymous. However, they do want to keep abreast on Sam's training and uh, when you – get the dog and things like that and well the more he talked uh the the weaker i got i just couldn't you know when things like this happen Lori, I, I was i was in law enforcement ems and it was my job to help people and do this and do that and now i find the tables are turning to where i am the one that that's that's needing uh more and more help i guess and to think that someone uh, would do this, is, it, it still is um, uncomprehensible to us. It's just, but that's how people are. They, they, we, we truly do have a, a good bunch of people in, in this world. Um, I just, it's hard to even explain how you thank someone or, or, or for the, for a gift like this, because this this will truly add years to my life. Um, um, it's a it's a known fact that service dogs, dementia dogs, do in fact increase uh, slow progression and increase a person's uh, life. Now I don't make that up. That's what they that's what statistics say. So uh, we uh, we didn't get to know the uh, donor until about a month ago because they wanted to remain anonymous but I kept pushing and pushing and uh, finally came forward with me and false Jim but they still didn't want us to mention their name so we haven't and we won't until they want that done but uh, we've talked to them several times and uh, every time we get done on the phone or Skyping I always probably cry for 15 or 20 minutes because it's just I don't know it's so hard to uh, like I said, it's life-changing, and uh, as much as we have fun on Sam's place uh, and talk about this doll, um, it is indeed going to be life-changing for me, and it's going to be my job to make sure that awareness is brought about this. So like Cheryl said, the book, maybe we're going to have to do that, and then uh, ABC's jumped on board already, and then with your show, so uh, hopefully we can. And like I said, they're they're not... It's not cheap to do this. Um, I, I don't want to mention any prices because he has different prices on dogs, but I can tell you several thousand dollars. But but he does have funding available where uh, where a person can uh, get into that. So uh, it's Bob Taylor Dogwish uh, dot dot com, and uh, he he he's an expert. Um, he's an old, uh, like I said. Retired from LAPD, so me and him get along fine. We're both in law enforcement. I just can't wait to uh, meet him in September. And, of course, 
Sam, here, here's something. I know I'm rambling, but I need to tell you this while I'm thinking of it. Um, I, uh, when I'm outside working and sweating and things like that, I know that sounds a little gross, but what I do is I wear uh, two different T-shirts, or I have so far, and then when I come in, I cut the T-shirts starting at the bottom. I cut them across and then in two-inch squares, and I've been sending them to Bob. And, and that gives Sam my scent, and that's how he's going to know. Bob said as soon as he gets off that plane and walks through the tarmac or whatever, he said he will come directly to you, sit down with, in front of you, I'll hand you the leash, and he'll be your dog. That's how he trains him. You know, he won't be my dog. He'll be your dog. So I thought that was very intriguing. Wow, I was I was wondering. I, I was figuring you must do something with scent in order for him to to know who you are and, uh-huh. and things. So that well, I had to sleep with a towel. <laughs> I had to sleep with a towel uh, for four days. Every month I do that. I I lay a towel down and sleep on top of it, and then I send him the, the two inch squares, and that's how he used uh, Sam. He taught Sam tracking is is very important. So Sam will know where I'm at 24-7. He'll always be by my side, never leave my side. And if we're out walking and I get uh, uh, confused or something, he will uh, be able to, he'll know how to get me home, where we live at, and and all that stuff. It's just, I'm like Cheryl, I guess there's going to have to be a book on it because it's so uh, <laughs> so intriguing how, how dogs can, <laughs> you know. Um, he said he teaches dogs. Um, on the left side of their brain and, and how they come up with this scent thing. He learns my scent through the T-shirt and the towels, but he said when, when a normal person walks, just their footprint alone leaves billions and billions of um, neons or something, and, and that's how these bloodhounds and dogs detect that. And, and a German shepherd has a nose that's like, I don't know, 60 times greater. They can smell stuff. I don't know, like three miles away or some something. So that's going to be very important to me. And then uh, he trained him in what what he calls uh, passive protection, meaning he's not a guard dog, and we didn't want a guard dog. He's not that at all. But Sam will know and is taught to know when I'm apprehensive, scared, or someone around me is causing me uh, to be that way and of course he won't attack anyone or anything what he'll do is merely stand between me and the person and to give them that knowledge that hey <laughs> leave him alone you know um, with this disease I'm afraid of everything now I have a security system at the house and cameras all over the place and it's just one of the symptoms of the disease so he's going to help me out immensely there because uh, I always think that somebody's watching me or something, and it's just craziness, but it's just how the disease works. So I can't... Rick, uh, i got a question for you. When you talk about him so, being in the middle of you and maybe someone else, will Sam also be taught to maybe um, take you out of situations that you may not feel comfortable in? He he will not only do that, he will sense it. Now, I don't know how this happens, Cheryl. But he will not only do that, but he'll sense before it happens. Okay. He he will sense. I I will. Every human being releases a chemical when uh, when they sense fear, apprehension, things like that. He yep. will sense that. He will know that, and 
that's just one of the things that he'll do. And like I said, it's not that, you know, I go to Walmart and I'm afraid somebody's going to beat me up in Walmart. That's not it at all. It's just the, I don't know, it's just a fear of being around people in general. And, and he'll alleviate right. that. Yeah. It's wonderful. Very neat. It would be uh, it would be great to be able to interview him um, on this show and really learn even more of how this works and and. Um, well, he would he would love to do that. I'll uh, we'll get together after the after the you know in the next day or two and we'll we'll set something up with him because I know he would uh, he would do that in a heartbeat, Lori. Yeah, that's it's it's very cool and. You know, we all know, you know, pet therapy is so powerful, but this is so much more than your ordinary pet. And if that can provide you a sense of, you know, security, and I, I just think that that's just huge. Now, somebody had asked me, and I don't know if you know this, but can like, will the dog be able to, like, remind you when to take pills and things like that? Someone had told me that they could even train for that, and I don't know if that's true or not. No, it absolutely is. I'll tell you what he did. <clears throat> Excuse me. He told me to write down anything and everything he wanted Sam to do, or I wanted Sam to do. Um, I said, "Well, Bob, what do you mean?" He said, "Just anything, Rick. Don't don't think anything is too crazy or out of the question." He said, "I will take that list and I will add to it and I will tweak it, and uh, that's how we uh, start out." Now, as far as the medication, what Sam's going to do is I keep my medication in the kitchen in a, uh, what is it called, Lazy Susan. Mm -hmm. uh, Sam is going to be trained that every night before I go to bed, he takes me. <laughs> you know, he makes sure that I go to that Lazy Susan. Now, I don't know if he's going to be trained to push his nose and, and open up the Lazy Susan. I'm sure he could do that. I don't know how far Bob's going to take this, but he will uh, take me out there and make sure that the medication, that I take that medication. And also... When I come to bed, where my Exelon patches are, he will sit in front of the dresser and bark until I t put them Exelon patches on. Um, that in itself is going to be a lifesaver because I'm telling you, when Phil's June ain't here, I, you know, it's not that I don't take my medication because I don't want to. I just don't remember, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. sure. And and that's just going to be. Uh, he'll know um, I'm never to take him outside without his. Uh, have what they call a service dog vest on. So now if he just wants to go outside and go to the bathroom, he'll know that too. He'll know that. But it, but if we're actually going to go somewhere, um, he'll know he needs his vest on, and he'll sit at the door, and he won't let me out the door. He'll bark until, and then he'll go get his vest. <laughs> it's just oh, amazing wow. is what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. I never knew that, like, with the service dog, that you're really not supposed to pet them. And for me, that would be really hard because I've always had animals that everyone's always petted and, you know, oh, come here, coochie, coochie, go, you know. And you're, you're not supposed oh, to do I, that. I'll tell you what Bob the... told me, hmm. and, and he's the expert, and this is what he told me. I, I already got Sam's vest. Of course, I'm, I'm way ahead of the game. So I ordered it, and we had the patches put on it. And I did put on there service dog, and then I put working dog, do not pet. But Bob said, however... Sam is a loving dog. He's not a mean dog, and he never—he would never be that. But he said, Rick, uh, the thing that you're going to have to get used to is Sam is obviously going to uh, create, um, how do I say it, um, attention to mm -hmm. you, you know, because they just do. And he said, uh, 
for the first month or two, wherever you go, the store, the doctor, wherever you go, Sam will be with you, and it will just be something new to everyone, and everyone's going to want to make over him, and that's fine. But um, just putting them patches on, will, will people will ask you if they can instead of just walking up and patting him and things like that. He said, now, if a child would happen to walk up to you, he could put the child could put his hand in Sam's mouth and there ain't nothing going to happen. It's just mm-hmm. that uh, we use them patches to, uh, it's more for me than it is the dog. <laughs> well, I suppose it's to not confuse the dog as to who who its master is and, right. and what its purpose is. Because we, right. you know, us, us, us friendly people, we can be pretty distracting, I would imagine, you know, um, right. to the dog. And, uh, well, does, doesn't the best signal to the dog that he's at work? Like um, he's on the job. I'm sorry. I'm when, sorry. I, didn't hear I that always show. thought. I always thought that when a service animal is wearing their vest, that they're on their job. They're working. When they're at home that's laying it. on the couch, they're just a dog, and they're part of the family. Uh, that's exactly right. And I was very uh, okay uh, concerned about that because. You know, we not only wanted a, a service dog, but we wanted a pet. You know, we don't want this dog to be, you know, we want him to be able to play ball and, and run with the kids because we have little kids here, our grandkids and stuff. And he said, well, absolutely, you know, Sam will become part of the family. He'll just be, you know, but he'll know you are, I mean, he won't leave you. Sam is trained. This is another thing I forgot to mention. Sam is being trained to um, watch me and know what's going on with me 24-7. That's his job, whether he's got that vest on or not. So in other words, okay. say we're outside playing and the kids are on a swing set and stuff, he may wonder to them and play a little bit, but he will always be watching me. And if anybody walks up to me or anything like that, it's his job to come over and just sit down. That's what he's going to do. He, It's just one of the things that service dog is taught to do. Um, his main focus will be on me and uh, no one else. That's just one of his uh, jobs, I guess you call it. Okay. Kathy Lowry had um, typed in the chat box that Sam will need his own business cards. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Which, you know, actually wouldn't be a bad idea when people, because people will ask about it, and that would be really kind of a neat thing to say, here's how you get one. Well, what I'm looking forward to is is doing some speaking engagements with Sam. Mm-hmm. I mean, how wonderful will that be? Because I'm telling, I'm positive. I didn't know anything about it, and I'm sure there's many people in the, it's the same way to uh, be able to explain. Now that'll be after I ha- we have him for several months because it'll be a learning curve for me also. Yep. Bob said he's going to be here three or four days, and he said that's all it's going to take. But he says if there's any wow. problem whatsoever, which there won't be, but he says if there is, he'll be on the next flight out back to Ohio. But he said, Rick, I've, I've uh, taken many, many thousands of these dogs to people all over the world, and I've never had one yet that there was an incident with. So he said, because he knows I worry about things <laughs> with this mm-hmm. disease, you know. Sure, sure. No, that's... And he says not to worry. Well, that's a very we'll get him on the show. Yeah, yeah, that would be that would be wonderful. 
Absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful to have him on the show. Um, well, is there anything else that you want to cover? It looks like Chris isn't going to be able to call in for whatever reason today, so we'll have to reschedule the hospice and palliative care call. So I apologize to our listeners for that, but I think the conversation's been quite interesting. I've learned a lot myself, so <laughs> thank you. So, I, so I'm I'm good. I'm glad uh, I got to talk to Cheryl and talk to her for a while, and Leanne both, and you, of course. Um, I'll get with Bob and try to schedule something, but I'll uh, I'll probably get with you and have hook you two up. Be the easiest thing if you don't mind. Yep. No, that would be that would be great. That would be absolutely wonderful. Wonderful to do. So okay. good. Well, what I'll do is just go ahead and close out our show then. If there's nothing else that you want to um, to talk about at this point, and then we'll just join the conversation another time. Here we'll be having other shows coming up. Uh, again, I want to thank you so much. I always love it when you're when you're able to be on the show with us because you're just filled with great wisdom and insights and and just fun to chat to in general. So um, thank you so much for for spending this past hour with us. I do have um, on on Friday the sixth. I'm going to have Debbie Richmond on, and she is actually from the Minnesota Alzheimer's Association, and she is going to be talking about what you need to make person-centered care real. And she is absolutely fascinating. She's she's uh, actually worked with memory loss, um, which a lot of times people in certain organi- you know, organizations and, and companies don't always have that real hands-on experience. And I saw her speak, and I just said, I have to have you on the show, because she just, it, she just does a phenomenal job. And is very realistic in terms of how to just make life easier for for everybody. And then Rick, on the 17th, you're coming back, and we're going to talk about your life-changing videos with dealing with dementia. And on the 18th, I can't believe that'll be mid-July already. Um, I'm going to have um, Pam uh, Wackholz on, and um, she is going to talk about a spouse's perspective. Um, her son, or her son, her husband, um, has uh, early onset. And then on the 23rd, Tori Zellick will be with us, and she's going to be talking about um, the medical day planner, which is ideal for um, people dealing with dementia and, and also other things. And then August 1st, which is my dad's birthday, um, I'm going to have on Bill Lightfoot, from out east, and he is going to talk about the dynamics of elder abuse. And so, again, with all these shows, we encourage you to join the conversation because uh, it's not about me, it's not about Rick, it's it's not about any one topic. It's about it's about exchanging what we know or questions that we have um, to improve not only our lives but everybody else who's listening. So thank you all for, for being part. And if you enjoyed the show today, if you wouldn't mind uh, liking us or tweeting us um, and helping us spread the word that we exist, all shows will be archived. I'm going to go in and change the title of this show um, so it's not quite as confusing for people since we didn't talk about hospice and palliative care due to the, the phone line problems today. So thank you again, Rick, and um, we will talk to you all very soon. Bye now. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. 
Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.